Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about when learning makes things worse. Roland made no bones about the fact that he hated our coaching. He introduced me to people on his staff as his torturer, his devil, the grand pest, and annoyer extraordinaire. But he never canceled an appointment or showed up one minute late. Like an accident survivor committed to painful physical therapy, Roland endured me like a dose of foul medicine. Roland's attitude didn't surprise me. A rising superstar in his organization, he wasn't used to feeling incompetent, but the work we were doing together was making him feel just that. But I also noticed that Roland often left our workouts exhilarated. The cause of all the fuss was Roland's habit of beginning every thought, every comment, every answer with a hearty, Well, Barry, his boss, told me his staff made it an openly secret sport to count the number of times Roland said the word during meetings. Barry said, He is never going to hit his potential if he can't stop this. To eliminate this verbal tick, Roland was going to go through the same process that other clients go through to eliminate explosive emotional behaviors, or an inability to listen, or extreme introversion. The process incorporates first awareness, then acknowledgement of incremental success. On our website, there's a tip called How Behaviors Change that explains the process in detail. I told Roland that in order to build his awareness, I would snap my fingers every time he said well. Nothing else, I would simply snap. In short order, this instantaneous feedback made him so self-conscious, his speech began to unravel. Being a well-spoken Brit, he found this short-circuiting in his brain distressing. This simply won't do, he declared in alarm. If eliminating my well means I'm going to turn into a stammering idiot, I'll keep the well and suffer the consequences. I empathized with Roland. His brain simply couldn't do all the things he was asking it to do. He had reached his capacity, so his performance was actually declining. Even though I knew this stage was temporary, I understood his frustration. I asked him if he'd ever performed in plays when he was in school. He seemed puzzled by the question and told me that no, he hadn't. I told him I'd been a professional performer for more than twenty years, and that this process of decreased excellence that was so frustrating to him was extremely familiar to me. Plays are rehearsed in stages. In the beginning, actors are on book, meaning they carry their scripts as they walk through their movements. In a while, they gain competence and can move through entire scenes with barely a glance at the script. But the instant they actually put the script down, everything falls apart. Lines they knew by rote suddenly vanish from memory. Movements they've done repeatedly without effort suddenly become paralyzing. We forget, I said, how very difficult it is to integrate new learning. Well, that's all very well and good, he said, but you and your fellows got to fall apart in the privacy of your rehearsals. I don't have that luxury. No, you don't, that's true, I said, which is why I encourage you to try out this new behavior selectively. Choose low-risk settings. Pick times when you know your content really well, or when you're completely comfortable with your audience. That way, your brain will have extra capacity, so it can focus on eliminating well. It's really important to try this when there's not a lot at stake. I should think so, he said ruefully. Besides, I said, if you tried doing it during a high-stress situation, your brain would probably be so busy you wouldn't be able to focus on it anyway. The point here is that you can choose when you're going to focus on integrating new behavior, and you should expect your performance to take a dip. 
That's how learning happens. Well, he said. I snapped. Oh, damn you, he smiled. What I was going to say is that if that's how learning happens, then I may have been a bit harsh with some of my newer staff members. He paused. I watched him formulate a thought. He was about to speak, but stopped. He grinned. I was going to say well, but I caught myself. I could tell he was proud of himself. To be honest, I don't know when my brain has gotten such a workout. That very day, I heard Uma Thurman, the star of Kill Bill Parts 1 and 2, interviewed on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Thurman described having to learn martial arts for her role and how her masters pushed her limits not just physically but mentally. Here's what she said. When you have to learn something from the very beginning, it's humbling because you have to go into that place where you struggle, where you can't do it, where you're hurting and humiliated. In this case of Kill Bill, every time I could do one thing, they gave me another thing to do. So it was just a constant process of struggle and learning. And you know, it really, it just changes your brain. I think they made my brain younger for a while, because my brain just had to become razor-sharp again. Roland pushed himself past the dip in his performance. He began to gain conscious competence over his well, not only in our private sessions, but also in certain low-risk settings. No matter what behaviors you're striving to gain mastery over, expect to go through what Roland and Thurman went through. You will take a dip, but you'll come out of it more confident, maybe even younger. That's the only path that leads to the look and sound of leadership. That's today's edition of the Look and Sound of Leadership. A complete archive of our executive coaching tips can be found on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's. Click on the Tips and Tools button. Thanks for listening.